waiting for us, Michael? Oh, okay. What the hell? The hell? God damn it! Can we please get our act together? This is Armstrong and Getty. The national nightmare is upon us. Who's the ass? Hi, Papa. Whoa, that's something. That's big stuff. I want people to calm down. This whole thing is a fairy tale. With this circus. The kangaroo court. My gosh. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. If you were a regular on Fox, you'd be Trump's Secretary of Defense by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. It is a dimly lit room, and I mean dimly lit. There's my key fob. Saw it on my pocket. <laughs> um, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager... Erdogan of Turkey. Recip Erdogan, whose name is pronounced like 11 different ways. Uh, yes, he's our general manager. Wow, you know my general manager. Talk to me. <laughs> Three-hour Democratic debate. No, Come no, on now. No, no, no. That's the story of the day. No, that's the weight on my chest. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I'm saying, baby. Or we especially like the way that the Democratic Party has winnowed from 10 down to 12. <laughs> Beautiful. From the last debate. Beautiful. Yeah. Tom Steyer's on stage first time, though, right? Uh, yeah. The billionaire investor and progressive. And so how, so how, who else did they add in from last time to get from 10 to 12? Tulsi. Uh, Tulsi. Tulsi, yeah, because yeah. she was, she was uh, fighting in wars right. and stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she missed the last one? Yeah. Uh, okay. Because she was, uh, yeah, serving in the National Guard. Swalwell's gone, right? Oh, uh, yeah, for a long time. How dude. about, like, Delaney? And who is the other guy who looked just like him? Some He's of those gone. people are still in, but they're not really? in the debate. Oh, uh, well, right. Yeah, Swalwell got out the of the debate. whole race. Right. But right. yeah, there's there's a I saw a list of the people who are still technically running the other day. I thought that those people are still running. Yeah. In what sense? Like, do they have any campaign things today? Or right, they're speaking to a rally. <laughs> Andrew Meacham is that the guy's name? He was the former mm. governor of Sarasota. It's somebody's name. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh boy. Oh, three hours, and it's up against Major League Baseball playoffs, right? Because they're back in New York tonight? That's No, that's an afternoon game, oddly Oh, enough. is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think National St. Louis, do they have the night off? Could be. They've played a lot of games, Jack, and St. Louis has the lost Nats, them all, are, to my I, shock and horror. Yeah, Nats are playing, I think. Tonight. God, because I, right. I thought, I okay. thought if there's a playoff baseball game on and the debate at the same time, I don't know how long it's going to be able to, able to keep my eyeballs. Durr. Three hours. Sean, you weren't here yesterday, but we came up with the plan of uh, we're going to try to watch it like regular people watch it. Like it was the... Columbus Day. Why were you guys here? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. We're going to watch it like regular people watch it, like the first 45 minutes, and then we're out, see, out like trout. Yeah. Because that's the way almost all of America does it, according yeah. to the ratings. Yeah. I, I mean, there are those, Jack. If you got a big zinger, Joe Biden, don't save it for hour three. Yeah. Right. There are those who are paid specifically to watch and, and call from that debate to all the good moments. I say we get out of their way and let them do their jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who are we to tell but, them? But, uh, how to do that. Percentage yeah, of Americans yeah. that'll take in all three hours has got to be oh, single digits. Uh, right? Campaign workers. 
That's it. Because <laughs> you're afraid if the person who pays you brought up a moment from the debate and you hadn't seen it, you might get fired. That's the only reason you'd watch. Close relatives of some of the candidates <laughs> will watch the entire thing, right. but not all. Right. Exactly. I'll, bet, I'll bet old lady Biden doesn't watch the whole thing. She'll drift off to the Hallmark Channel at about the two-hour mark. Trust not me. a joke. Not a joke. She'll be over watching a pregnant woman in peril movie halfway oh, through yeah. the thing. Yeah, or, or some sort of, you know, divorcee moves to a small town, opens a card shop, and the handsome <laughs> butcher something, something, blah, blah. My wife could, could oh, fill in those blanks for you. Opens a card shop. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, boy. I've wandered into the living room enough to get oh, the yeah. broad outlines. Oh, yeah, that. and the handsome, rugged, kind right. of a volunteer fireman dude. Exactly. Turns out to be a killer. Is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Those no, movies, you're on the wrong channel. Those movies are very popular. You're not on a Hallmark channel. That's the wrong channel. <laughs> That's the Lifetime channel. That's I'm the Lifetime of. channel. Exactly. Yeah. No, on a Hallmark channel, he turns out to be gruff and uncommunicative, but really sweet and sensitive. And like a oh hobby my God. carpenter, too. Like, he'll he'll whittle something out of wood. And the reason he keeps leaving town in the, 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 the weekends is because he volunteers helping handicapped children. <laughs> Not because he has a girlfriend. Right. Yeah, on the Lifetime right, movies. Like, you know, a militia or something like that. On the yeah. Lifetime movies, the reason he leaves town is he kills people. He's a serial killer. <laughs> exactly. And you it find makes that a out. difference. That's right, Joe. He has another family across town. Exactly. <laughs> 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 uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm broke this morning. Um, I always overspend on two holidays, Christmas and Columbus Day, and <laughs> bought gifts for the whole family like I do every year. And now I'm broke. <laughs> Here's your replica, Nina. Here's your replica, Pinta. And Santa Maria. Yes. Or as uh, the great Dave Barry put it, uh, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Heidi Ho three. <laughs> there is a positive shot. Oh, by the way, the answer to the question was, did my son, who went to school, his school is open, even know it was Columbus Day? And no, he did not. So that's interesting, I think. And I'm fine with that. Uh, absolutely fine with that. But when I was a kid, they made a huge deal out of it. Now, it's still a national holiday, and federal workers get it off, but they didn't even didn't even come up in school. Wow. Um, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. Who's back today. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Did you guys not know it was Columbus Day? You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it was 1954 when the four-minute mile was broken. This was a huge uh, uh, sure. milestone in the world of running. Another one of those was broken this weekend as the sub-two-hour marathon oh, I didn't know that. was broken. Now, for, for context, your standard treadmill at maximum speed is a five-minute mile. He ran four-and-a-half-minute miles for 26 miles. It's just it's, I don't understand how that is physically possible. Kenyan his, or Ethiopian? Uh, Kenyan. His, okay. uh, uh, the only two choices. Wow. Yeah. Hold on. His name is... The foods, Koji. the food's over there. And then they run over and get it. Oh, wow. El- Elliot Not Kip- sensitive. Elliot Kipkoji. Uh, his official time was uh, one fifty nine, uh, uh, one hour, 59 minutes, and 40 seconds. Uh, there are some interesting wrinkles to this where it is not an official marathon it will not go down as a world mm. record but it was the first time a human ran 26.2 miles in under two hours sub five minute miles for the entire marathon just blows my mind i've been at a lot of marathons where i've watched people do that and it's just you're you're a different animal than i am there's no amount of training and diet could get me to well first i i could never run one mile that fast let alone the 26 in a row. Well, that's going to hurt you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really, really going to put a crimp in your effort. Yeah, you watch a marathon race, and it's like, oh, look, they're just all kind of jogging. No, that's a full-out sprint for any normal person. The people at the front are, yeah. 
Uh, the people at the back are not. I've been at the back of many long races, and we're not sprinting. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, you know, guys, now that I'm not scratching anymore, I'm getting back in the kitchen, and I want to know if you <laughs> okay. might. I want to know if you might be ready for a big serving of butter beef. I was thinking of whipping up a batch this weekend, bringing it in on Monday. You got sure. your beef. You my got my your... memory is it was delicious, but it kind of went right through me. Well, you know, I was just going to say. <laughs> I, uh, sick I'm supposed to be reading that big, thick book for our next book club, and I'm way behind, so I could use some good toilet time. Oh, <laughs> hey, now. That'd be oh, super. That's nuts. I'm always ready, Marshall. All Anytime right. you want to bring in the, the beef with butter, I it will. It was delicious. Yeah, it's beef, it's butter, it's crock pot, it's an autumnal treat. It just seemed to be salt on your intestines. just seemed to be looking for the off-ramp as soon as I ate it. Well, come on. People want the beef. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is uh, Tuesday, October 15th, debate day, the year 2019, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Let's begin then, officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. And talk about your family. I've been trapped in a loveless marriage for the last 12 years to an old battle axe named Kim. She cursed my life with three stepchildren named Star, RJ, and Ryan, and I have one rotten grandson. Wow. Who is that? That was just a guy who looks like he's from the cast of Duck Dynasty doing a little trolling of his family on Wheel of Fortune. He later admitted that it was all in joke. Uh, it was all in jest and the family was in on it and stuff. Sure. But that's pretty funny. But that's a, yeah, that's need, good times. Need more of that on Wheel of Fortune. Um, uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, there is a new big dog in Syria and his name is Vlad Putin. Mm. Twelve Dems, one stage, three hours. Yeah, I need the I need the highlights from that. I need where, what channel, what time. That's what I'm looking for there in the newscast. Go. All right, and LeBron weighs in on the NBA China tweet battle. Now I've heard this is controversial. I have not oh, heard. Oh boy! Kind of in my opinion, the NBA is heading straight toward a kneeling on the sideline NFL controversy sized really? issue. I'm not going to look into this because I want to hear it fresh from Marshall. In a few minutes. Coming up, and if you haven't heard this, brace yourselves. How does mail bag Gather look? your family around the radio. Wow. How does mail bag look? Oh, it's fine. It's good. I know y'all got Columbus Day hangovers and you're barely barely making it through today, but we're going to try to keep you entormed. Well, like Michael, trying to figure out how to pay those credit card bills now. <laughs> Lavish gifts, though. Really appreciated it. Uh, we'll bring you up to speed on all this stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got a debate tonight. we got the whole thing still going with whole Turkey and Syria and uh, the Kurds and whatnot. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an ugly situation, but an ugly situation before. And it'll probably be an ugly situation 10 years from now. Got to keep that in mind. I think you're prejudicing the uh, discussion. That was an argument. That was not a tease. That was an argument, folks. Your Honor, the attorney is arguing. It's not like that region of the world was, uh, you know, the American Southwest before <laughs> Trump was president or will be 10 years from now. It was the Scottsdale of the Middle East. No, I see your point. On the other hand, it was a hell of a lot more peaceful uh, two weeks ago than mm-hmm. it is today. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to mailbag. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 
Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Alexander Hamilton. This was from the Federalist Papers. The guy from the musical? Oh, for the love of heaven. He was the founding father. The Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States, who are peaceable citizens, from keeping their own arms. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see if Beto agrees with that on the stage tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, what will be the focus tonight? Because last time around, there had just been a shooting. So guns was a big thing. I... Impeachment? Yeah, Is I, impeachment I, I, the I'll big story? Go there. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Foreign uh, policy, maybe, with the serious I've, stuff? Yeah, I'd like to hear their theories for how to fix this. One more quote uh, from Alexander Hamilton. Not a freedom-loving quote exactly, but I love this. The art of reading is to skip judiciously. That's from Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, that's that? That's good. This section is dull. You Skip know, it. I have gotten better at that, and I wish I'd have picked up on that decades ago. I just felt like it was something somehow wrong. Cheating. Be lazy. To either not finish a book or skip something. Yeah. If I had skipped the childhood of every stupid biography I ever read, I would have read the good stuff in a lot more biographies. <laughs> Well, the I stuff to, that freaking mattered. I like to quote you, Chuck Dattis, uh, a, a few months ago. Uh, I can't remember who you got it from. Maybe you do. Uh, I've decided to read fewer books and reread more. Yeah, read half as many books twice is a better idea, which is, um, it makes perfectly good sense to me. Yeah, jam it right, hammer it right into your skull. The idea is I read a book, I don't remember what I read half the time. Let's see. Oh, this is from uh, Don who uh, has a couple of interesting notes. Um, He is the retired principal trumpet of the L.A. Philharmonic Orchestra. Wow. That's impressive. First, he says, please stop using gendered language. (laughs) When describing your email collection receptacle, no more mailbag person bag would be more acceptable to me. It's actually M-A-I-L, Don. Uh, You think you'd know that as the principal trumpet player. Then he points out, and I found this interesting, um, the, uh, the Also Sprach Zarathustra, which we play on Friday mornings, or Monday mornings before the show, um, is actually from an album made in 1974 by the Portsmouth Sinfonia. Why don't you get it up while I'm talking, Michael? Get that, <laughs> that tape. Um, it's a group of London college-age players who were uh, good, mostly good musicians, some not, uh, but they were all handed an instrument and told to play it for the first time ever. Oh, wow. So that's what it is. And the rest of the album is equally horrible. It's impossible to listen to the whole record in one sitting. Uh, we need to get the rest of this record. So far, the first-time trumpeters are doing pretty well. Heck, yeah. Then they realize, I can't hit that note. My that's, lips won't do that's that. That's what this is. Yeah. But that guy's got a hell of an embouchure. Oh, yeah. But for the tuba. Or he's a violinist. <laughs> the guy who pulled the straw for the bass drum has got to be lit. Oh, it's yeah. a piece of cake. I can right. do that. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. There you go. <laughs> I love how they just keep trying to get up to that note. All right, moving along. Thanks, uh, Don. Great to hear from you. Uh, let's see. On the top of, of Columbus Day and in, 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 uh, the ray pine of the poor, peaceful native people. Uh, Matt writes, the Aztecs would literally rip the beating heart out of your chest, cut you into pieces, eat your limbs, then take your children as slaves. 
Columbus was playing patty cake compared to them. It was a brutal time. Nobody's hands were clean. Well, I, I never make... Absolutely true. I, I never make the argument that Europeans came and interrupted, uh, you know, uh, peaceful happiness. But no, that's there a crack are already crap. people here right. and civilizations for thousands of years. Right. So discovering it is just an odd thing to say. Right. On the topic of transgender athletes, boy, we got a lot of response to that. We'll be diving back into that today. But So the Russians were ahead of their time. Uh, I, don't I remember something from the 70s about the Russian women's weightlifting team? Well, yes, yes. They had taken uh, enough testosterone that their lady parts were visible and didn't look like lady parts. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, wake up and smell the weightlifters, Jack. Well, I'd rather not. Uh, Dave, uh, smell the Russian weightlifter from beautiful Kent Washington goes on to say, also the Gary Glitter song, the child molester song is played at every Seattle Thunderbirds uh, hockey game, both when they first skate on the ice and after every goal. Interesting in a town whose mayor was given the boot for being a suspected pedophile. <laughs> I wonder if it was his idea. Probably not. And then this is uh, Paul says, I think uh, we need to mandate a later start time for the A&G show. I believe he's commenting on the new uh, policy in uh, Cal Unicornia that high schools have to start at 8.30. The Stu- idea that the kids are going to get more sleep as opposed to just stay up later. Studies show that you two will be more rested and less bitchy and the show quality will improve. <laughs> P.S. If Sean took Columbus Day off, really, what was he doing? Looking for a job? I don't know. Maybe we'll ask him later. I was hoping that he was getting a haircut. It was a national holiday. I don't understand why you guys were here. <laughs> we didn't have time to get to Wolf Blitzer's net worth. Okay. that's uh, Maybe later. Yeah. Marshall's News next, and there's a lot of it. So uh, somebody sent this. I don't know where it was, but somebody set up a uh, table. Out there, it looks like parked in your city, USA, table, and it's got a big sign on the front, and he's sitting there with, like, a clipboard and a pen. I don't know what he's expecting to happen, but he's got a sign that says, Columbus was an immigrant who brought much-needed diversity to the country. <sighs> change my mind. He says, change my mind. That is a bit of a meme, so they're... they're that guy sat up a table. I don't remember what the original thing is, but it is very common for whatever the, the okay. thing of the day is. People just gotcha. put that topic on his platform okay, of, I have a controversial opinion, sure. change my mind. Gotcha. That's that's fine. Good but, stuff. But that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty damned good statement right there, though. An immigrant who brought much needed diversity. <laughs> diversity is our greatest strength, Jack. So, are, so the, the crowd that's so mad about that... <clears throat> I guess you would be hoping that uh, it had stayed just the original uh, Native American peoples forever. Right. And nobody else ever crossed the borders and came in. Right. The problem with So that... they should have secured their borders, in other words. <clears throat> yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And kept the outsiders out because that would have changed their culture. Wow. That is. How, how has this never occurred to me before? Well, we've, well, we've talked about it in this regard before. The, it, the other idiotic part of that notion is that the native peoples who were here when Columbus landed in the the, the, the uh, Bahamas or wherever it was, or, or pick your explorer, Montezuma, or whatever. The native peoples, the beautiful native peoples, who were in charge at that moment, were the 14th different ones to be in charge of that particular part of the land, having slaughtered the 13th, yeah. who in turn had slaughtered the 12th or run them off or whatever, right. and the land had been changing hands over and over and over again. So your activist types, like your uh, uh, La Raza and your 
uh, the, the, your other organizations. Uh, we didn't cross the border. The border crossed us, people. They want to freeze a particular moment in time as the legit owners of the land, even though they were the 14th or 27th or whatever. I now have my Columbus Day commentary for the rest of my <laughs> life. The, the Indians should have secured their borders. <laughs> they should have built a wall and secured their borders. And I will disagree. Columbus was an immigrant who brought much-needed diversity. You just there hate you the other. The, the uh, Portuguese or the Italians or the exactly. Spanish or whoever he was. <laughs> whatever he was. Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, Turkey's invasion of northeastern Syria has widened, and Syrian government troops have moved into the region as well, setting up a potential fight with the Turkish forces. This... Joe was talking about this yesterday. How did Russia end up on the other side of Turkey all of a sudden? Oh, they were super chummy. I thought the big uh, geopolitical nightmare was the fact that Russia and Turkey were getting in bed together. It was in late September. And now they're pointing guns at each other. And this is mid-October. Uh, Syrian <laughs> forces moved in after the Syrian Kurds, uh, previously allied with the U.S., uh, have decided to strike a deal with Assad's government. For their help against the Turkish invasion. Well, now the Russians... The Turkish invasion, much like the British invasion, but not nearly as tuneful. Back to you, Marshall. <laughs> now the Russians Jeez. are... Now the Russians are saying Moscow will not allow Turkish and Syrian government forces to clash. Underscoring Russia's role as the de facto power broker in the conflict. Do I, how's that going to happen? Pull but do of. I care if Russia's a power broker between Syria and, and the, the Kurds and Turkey at that border? Do I care? That's my question. Go ahead, have it. Enjoy yourself. Knock yourself out in that part of the world. Spend a lot of time and money and lives there and see what you get out of it. The interesting part of uh, that. You know, and you have to bring up the Soviet Union getting bled dry in Afghanistan. Yes. That was one of the major yes. causes of the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, the Russian regime will, in this form, only last as long as Putin lasts. It's a kleptocracy. It's a uh, it's a dictatorship of sorts. Right. There's no clear successor, and and you know, one of these days, Vlad is going to you know climb off his hockey skates or the rhino he's riding shirtless or whatever, <laughs> and he's going to croak it. What happens then will be interesting to see. So, you know, Russia establishing itself there in Turkey in that region, I, I don't know that I care that much. So, yeah, so Trump yeah. tweeted this uh, yesterday. Don't the Europeans have a lot of responsibility? Let Syria and Assad protect the Kurds and fight Turkey for their own land. I said to my generals, why should we be fighting for Syria and Assad Protect the land of our enemy. Anyone who wants to assist Syria in protecting the Kurds is good with me, whether it's Russia, China, or Napoleon Bonaparte. Yes. I hope they all do great. We are 7,000 miles away. You know, I agree completely with that, and I agree completely with those who disagree with it. This is such a hard one. Oh, yeah. But, but again, <clears throat> I, I was just hearing on uh, CNN. Um, the nightmare of all the refugees going to Europe. Well, then Europe should do something about that. Mm. If they don't want the millions of, of refugees on their border, you'd think that... And where, does the UN just cease to exist during these things? Right. I did see... They're a meaningless a, debating society. I did see some Kurdish people. I think it was Kurdish people. It was somebody that's yeah. that life is miserable now. Uh, standing on the street being interviewed saying, where is the UN? Yeah, why is the United States the only country on Earth that can solve these problems? And you what, know, I the, thought that's what the U.N. was for. The Turkish media sweeping into these border towns and killing civilians and children and, and everybody just with, with impunity is absolutely horrific and disgusting. But I have to remind myself, and sorry, this is a bit of a downer thought, that that sort of thing is going on in 
33 countries around the globe. Right. And it's it's horrible. I mean, it, oh, my God, you don't want to contemplate it. I could name several of them for you, but just take my word. It's happening. So we can't be everywhere policing every, you know, humanitarian nightmare. With all due respect to those who disagree, I just I keep veering back and forth on this one. It's so hard. Right. It's yeah. not any, and that's yeah. why I liked Ian Bremer, Bremer putting out that piece over the weekend, saying this is not an easy call and making the arguments for both sides. Right. Because it's 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 a tough one. On another front, the NBA China tweet front, LeBron James is weighed in, making his first public comment since the Lakers got back from China about the October fourth tweet by the Houston Rockets general manager. Uh, Daryl Morey in support of the pro-democracy Hong Kong protesters. That sent the relationship between the NBA and China, its biggest overseas market, into turmoil. LeBron saying yesterday. We all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen um, when you're not thinking about others and only, or you're only thinking about yourself. So um, I don't believe, um, I don't want to get into a, a word, a, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on on the situation at hand. Wow! And um, and he spoke, and uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, uh, not only financially but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we what we tweet and we say, and what we do. Even though yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be. Um, a lot of negative that comes with that too. Last question, please. Wow. 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 So he decided to weigh in and he weighed in that way. Well, he tweeted, my team in this league just went through a difficult week. I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement could do to others. And I believe nobody stopped and considered what would happen. Could have waited a week to send it. And one of the replies to him on Twitter was, he probably follows you on Twitter and felt like this was good advice. That was LeBron quoting Martin Luther King Jr., injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. So sanctimonious in lecturing when there was no cost. LeBron James! Well, I like LeBron, and I hate to say this, I think he's not... I don't want to say smart enough, because I don't think that's true. Um, educated enough to even understand what he's saying. <laughs> I don't think it's a thought-out position. I don't think he gets it. I, I don't think I can say it much better than one of our listeners who copied us on an email they sent to the Golden State Warriors about uh, Coach Steve Kerr's comments about the situation. Uh, they, they, they say brilliantly their problem with LeBron and Steve. Maybe I'll share that with you in a couple of minutes. Okay. There you go. That's that, a good one. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah, when Steve Kerr, the coach of the uh, Warriors, put out his statement uh, last week of, uh, you know, it's complicated. I don't really know all the issues. I'm going to stay out of it. And Ian Bremmer was just quoting, who we've had on the show many times. Yep. Um, he's a fun follow on uh, Twitter, I think. He's all over the place kind of politically I uh, various times. But anyway, he said, I call bull S on, on Steve Kerr's comment. Yeah. Well, and, Kerr uh, how do you on. not? Kerr went on when he was asked, uh, has anybody been asking you about this in China? He said, no, no, not really. I haven't been talking about it. But, uh, you know, nobody's also uh, nobody's asked me about workplace shootings in the U.S. and the civil rights problems there. So 
All right, Steve. Well, and again, I'll share uh, that note with you. I think you'll find it. Yeah, I do want to hear this. Persuasive. I do want to hear this. That's, uh, hmm, I'll be interesting. To, well, more on that coming up. Our text line, I would like to hear what you think of it. 415-295-KFTC. Is anybody going to stop watching the NBA or anything? What's the fallout going to be for this, I wonder? Um, and more on the debate, which is coming up tonight, because there are a couple of polls that hit just today that might make things a little fiery. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got this text, you know, and it's a good reminder. By the way, a little on the uh, upcoming debate tonight. On the way, some new polls out. Um, the the NBA China story blowing up a little more today with LeBron weighing in. We got this text. Can you redo the whole NBA China brouhaha? Why is the NBA taking heat over China when thousands of other companies do business with China every day? And uh, it's easy to make an assumption when you're in this business that everybody's following the news the way we do, you know, on a minute by minute basis (laughs) most days, Mm -hmm. and that you don't, uh, you know, you're up on everything. Mm, yeah, I, I took it from that note that they wanted to know why the attention to the NBA and their alleged hypocrisy when hundreds of companies are, are doing business in China. Um, but if you're not familiar, one of the Houston Rockets executives put out a tweet expressing support for the Hong Kong protesters and their freedom movement. In the mildest of terms. It wasn't well, even very strong. Well, he retweeted a uh, uh, you know free Hong Kong meme. And the Chinese authorities went crazy and canceled a bunch of NBA stuff, and the NBA scrambled to apologize, then uh, then apologized to the American people for their apology to the Chinese and said, everybody's got free speech up with freedom. Um, and now they're trying furiously to patch the relationship with China. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. So we were talking about Steve Kerr, the coach of the Warriors, and him uh, comparing uh, workplace shootings to any whatever uh, civil rights stuff's going on in China, which he was not going to specifically uh, discuss. Uh, to whom it may concern, writes Al Anonymous. I come from, uh, he's a longtime Arizona Wildcats fan, a fan of Steve Kerr since his college days, a Warrior fan, etc., etc. I'm no longer a fan of Steve or the Warriors since Steve's misinformed and insensitive comments the other day regarding human rights in China. I've spent over 40 years, my entire adult life, living and working in and around China. If Steve has 15 minutes, I would love the opportunity to explain to him the difference between the systematic repression of 1.4 billion people, including the cultural genocide of significant ethnic groups within that population on the one hand, and a few cowards running around with AR-15s on the other. Steve seems like a bright guy. It probably wouldn't take 15 minutes. Well, no, no, the, the, the completely different situations between Steve Kerr and LeBron James. So we got this text about LeBron James' statement. Who? Uh, so we got this text. Anyone spending as much of their youth becoming one of the greatest basketball players in history as LeBron, obviously not much of an understanding of world affairs. It's okay to be ignorant LeBron. I don't have any idea how much LeBron knows about the world or how much time he's ever spent on this. If you don't know what you're talking about, you shouldn't talk, but, you know... You often don't know how much you don't know. Steve Kerr's dad was a diplomat. He's as knowledgeable about the world as anybody, probably more than me. I'm sure he's been to more countries and seen more uh, things than I have. Steve Kerr knows exactly what he's doing and what he's talking about. He just didn't want to ruffle the feathers of a business that makes him a lot of money. 
His yeah. is completely cynical. Yeah, the NBA is in a tough position because the other hundreds of American companies that are making their nut in China every month, um, they're not asked to explain. What do you think of Hong Kong? Oh, uh, yeah? What do you think of America? What do you think of China? That might start happening. Uh, I, well, I tell you what, uh, and I hate what the NBA guys have been saying because they are uh, taking money instead of expressing support for freedom. But I understand the difficulty of their There's position. There's two sides of that coin, though. Marriott, to my knowledge, has not been lecturing me about police brutality or, right. a number, or bad-mouthing Trump, as far as I know. At every moment, at like every Steve mo- Kerr, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it works both directions. You get more attention, so you used it when it served you. Mm-hmm. So now we're asking you, yeah, what about this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, where that ends up, I don't know. I mean, am I going to stop watching NBA games? No. I'm going to until my favorite team starts winning a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest with you. Positive, Sean? You have a thought? You're twitching over there. I'm I'm all for the pushback that the coaches and players are getting from their, their clumsy handling of these questions, but I would love to hear these reporters ask the owners what their thoughts on these things are. Cause, oh, cause that is perfect. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Why are you asking? I'll tell you any... exactly what the comments would be. But, we talked well, about yeah, this. But why yeah. are you asking? Why are you asking the players? Because <laughs> they're, they're the people the, we know. They're. Well, I, that's the. I that's see the, them on TV. That's the real answer. But they've got the least say of anybody in any of this. They're in the single worst position of trying. To, I only know how to do one thing. And make my money at it, and my boss is going to fire me if I say anything, and you're asking me, yeah, ask the freaking owners. I would like to hear that. Somehow get in the face of the damn owners. I'm enjoying the discussion, though. Are you going to, are you going to continue to kick people out of your arena who stand up for freedom? Ask the owners, not the players. That's a good one. Yeah, I like you can't that. get to the owners. They don't figure put out themselves a way. out there. Figure out a way. Yeah. 60 minutes or somebody, you know, at a higher level. In, in many ways, that's what league commissioners are. They're an owner media shield. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why they get paid so much money. Yep. They make a lot of money. Um. Yeah, I'm sure the owners are not picking up their phone if the Washington Post <laughs> or whoever, else, whoever calls. No, no. Anyway, this is what happens uh, when you get in bed with an evil, evil dictatorship and you become dependent on the flow of dollars to and fro said dictatorship. These are you the gotta problems. lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. Well said, my friend. So are well you, said. So are you for moving toward a world where all companies are under a lot more pressure uh, around this whole thing? Is that reasonable? Is that realistic? Yes, because I don't want to be so pure of heart that I'm, um, you know, I'm asking for something that's completely unrealistic. I think it's perfectly realistic until the day we're making millions of dollars from China. Then I'm against it completely. Again, I'm just being honest with you. This is the problem with getting into business with the mob. You start doing things you're ashamed of. You start doing things you never imagined you would. And then when the plug is threatened to be pulled, you find yourself a completely different person than before you started doing what 
the business with the mob. That's us as a country. It's funny. One of our uh, listeners emailed us. I wish I had in front of me that is, is trade with China the new sugar. We were told it was fine and it's yummy and it's good and it wouldn't do well, us yeah. any harm. And, uh, yeah. and now we're all obese and, and addicted and the rest of it. That was kind of a funny metaphor. Um, so I'm trying to put on my fair hat now, which is you often say it. Uh, Where it's, is it's, that? I it was seen that. In it was ages. hard to find. It was in the closet. It was way behind a bunch of other stuff. It was behind my bowling bag. I haven't bowled in 10 years. My fairness hat. What if I was running the NBA? What would I do? Would, well, roughly what Adam Silver's doing. Would I? Would I? Would I have made a statement making it clear to all players, coaches, and owners? Say whatever you want about China because we stand for freedom, and then have lost billions of dollars and shut off, shut out that market. Would I have done that? When your job is to defend the interests of the owners of the teams. Um, that would have been an amazing moment. What would I even in, do as an owner? American history and corporate history, it would have been awe-inspiring, and it would have been an enormous financial sacrifice. What would I even things. do as an owner? Would I be arguing with my other 29 owners or however many? Well, keep in mind, the NBA outlawed the term owner because it sounds like slavery. <laughs> Bunch of white owners and black players. Um, but so the owners, wait, am I going to tell the other owners, hey, I know we're making billions or could make billions, but I say screw that. We're with Hong Kong. Would I actually say that for to the freedom. other owners? We're Americans. We have principles here. Would you? I don't know. I don't you think, tell me. I don't think I probably would. Coward. I'd like to think that I would. <laughs> I'd like to say that I would. <laughs> Listen, I know, I, I know some of you out there are, are, are act, feeling like it's easy. Um, and, and you're yelling at your radio. I thought you guys were patriots and, and for the Constitution, First Amendment. I've described myself as a First Amendment freak over and over again. I'm a libertarian. I cherish that sort of thing. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm putting myself in their place, keeping in mind these organizations have many, many hundreds of employees, sometimes thousands that feed their families based on that revenue. That's a hell of a so bed to get into. throwing it away is, that's why it's dangerous to dance with the devil. You start down that road, where does it end? That's a rough one.